If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey everybody, welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And uh, we are going to ruin a horror movie as we do every week, yep. in and out, without That's what you're fail. here for. Allison, how are you doing? I'm good. I just roasted a chicken earlier. Ooh, tis the season. Tis the season. It's chicken season. Um, And I always forget how gross that is. I was going to (laughs) say, it's a little tiny body that you're preparing and rubbing oils and liniments into Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with the end goal of eating it, tearing your teeth into it. Yeah, jamming it full of aromatics up its butthole. It's decapitated. I mean, there's a whole lot going on with roasting a chicken that's, like, very unpleasant to think about, and I don't until I do it, and then I'm like, all of this is gross. <laughs> like, I guess it's like that's what we should be doing if we want to eat meat. Like, it's like we should be presented with the reality of it. For me, I, 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 I all I want to eat is a chicken nugget, but oof, we should yeah. have to look into a, a animal's gaping cavity before we yeah, eat it. Yeah, and I be think. like, this is, this is what life is about. Um, yeah, this is what life is all about, baby. It's all about a chicken cavity. Uh, what's new with you? What's going on? I mean, truly nothing. I, I, I'm really looking forward to the holidays, and I thought, like, oh, it'll be a slow slide into the holidays. And then, like, every nope. week I had since Thanksgiving has just been like, oh, God, you yeah. know, like trying to finish stuff. And, uh, you know, spending money, uh, booking flights. Oh, boy, but I, I look forward to it. I recommended, uh, if you haven't well, I'll listened to it, please do. I just recommended Krampus to a coworker. Oh, and um, she and her partner watched it and um, enjoyed it. So uh, to put yourself in a festive spirit, please go back and listen to our Krampus episode. Yes. Um, and this week we are continuing our toys theme for yes. December. Yes. Um, you know, those little um, homunculuses that we make that stare back at us with their glassy little eyes. And we look at them and say, are you me? Or is me you? You know, oh toys. God. Oh and interestingly, God. we were planning to do this um, movie, but we got a great email uh, from Nick W. So thank you yes. for sending this in. And we're just going to read a little bit of it because uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like, uh, Nick, you're you're on the same page as us. Yes. I saw some of the very first films at a very young age, and they terrified me to high heaven. I had nightmares of the doll, convinced myself it was waiting under my bed, et cetera, et cetera, with the least of a new series that the algorithms assume I can handle awareness of. I am once again taunted by the threat of the killer toy. And then, of course, that toy is Chucky, and the movie mm-hmm. we're doing the original is Child's Play. Child's Play. Which I, uh, much like Nick, thank you so much for writing in, um, absolutely loved as a child and was absolutely I was ask, thrilled and terrified by. Yes, I was going to ask I couldn't if you tell saw you. this as a child. Because, like, we were... Yes. How old were we when this came out? Because I remember this coming out. I think I was. we were in, like, second grade, third grade. I want to say this came out in 1988. Um, oh, so but we were like ch- first graders. Um, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't know how old you are. I, I, I know that I'm saying this. Um, we're <laughs> the same age. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah. So it's the 19, only reason we're friends. No. <laughs> 1988. So I would have been four years old. How old are you? Five. Okay, great. So I hope we were. You weren't watching this when it just came oh, out. Oh, but there I is a bank of your parents. There's a sequel. Oh, yes, there's many sequels, and we will do them. I do have a memory of, like, driving home from the movies, like, with my parents and, like, my friend Jessica. And, like, I remember, like, we had seen the posters. We were talking about it 
But I bet it was one of the sequels because the original 1988, like, I don't know. I don't think that my parents were like bringing me to a ton of movies when I was five. Yeah, I mean, I hope it wasn't one of these either. Um, yeah, there's a ton of sequels. Jennifer Tilly enter- enters the franchise at a certain point, so we mm-hmm. absolutely will have to do them. Yes, we And must. then, as Nick mentioned, they there is a new uh, Child's Play TV show, which mm-hmm. I just started. I, I haven't really gotten far into it, but I like it so far. And um, that is also directed by the original director of Child's Play, the 1988 film, Don Mancini. So that's kind of nice. You know, the original creator gets to work on the inevitable reboot. Um, You know, you just, that's what you hope for yourself when you write about a terrifying doll. Also, like, late 90s horror teen icon, Devin Sawa is in it, correct? Um, And absolute icon, yes. He is in it. Icon. Um, and we always like to have Allison watch the trailer uh, for the movie. And what did you think of the trailer for Child's Play, Allison? I mean, it tells you everything about what it is. But I think, like, the thing that's so funny about the trailer, and it's, like, hard to know because, like, of course, like, I've seen, you know, the image and the trailer for Chucky before. Um, I We all know what he looks like. It's so funny to see the beginning of the trailer where they're just, like, look at this adorable doll. Because, like, it's just not a cute doll. Yeah. Like, it's just very uh, scary from the jump. And I'm like, is that because I know already that he's an evil doll? Or is it that, like, it just is... I don't know. It's like it's like the red hair with the, like, super light eyes. Like, it's all very demonic already. Yes. So I, I thought yeah. that that was, like, a strange... I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There is obviously a chunk of the movie where they are just, like... I love this doll. Um, I completely agree. I guess it's like the Annabelle situation where it's sort mm. of like, mm-hmm. do I assume Annabelle is evil because I know she's going to attack my family? If I just saw her I and mean, we lived in a world without evil dolls, would I think nothing of it? Mm-hmm. Chucky rides the line at the beginning of the movie. But then what's fun about the franchise is they really lean into how grotesque that doll is. Oh, that's nice. And, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they they toe the line in a really fun way in a lot of uh, interesting ways in the original movie. Um, and which brings us to our baseline scare. We always like to hear baseline scary. Mm-hmm. Allison, mm-hmm. how scary do you find the concept of placing a human soul into an inanimate object? Uh, very scary. I don't need things to have souls. I like, mm-hmm. don't want them to, like, it's already, like, things are already stressful enough. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, you do believe in the soul? Do you believe in a, in a sentience beyond death so, or outside of our bodies? It would then imply that, like, ghosts can be real and spirits are real, and we all and, and I don't think that those things are real. So I think the existence of a soul would eliminate, like, then that would prove those things right, and I know they're wrong, so then the soul must not be real. In terms of something that could, like, leave your body and inhabit something right. else. Um, it kind of reminds me of, I remember talking to a friend, this is years ago, and they were talking about how they believe in ghosts. And then I made some reference. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, you, but then you believe in God. They're like, I don't believe in God. And I was like, God is the ultimate ghost. Yes. Like, I, I don't, I think it's, you get both, you get a two for, a two for one, a BOGO deal, or you don't believe in either. Yeah. to believe you- in ghosts without believing in God implies like to me, like a hellscape of, mm-hmm. of uh, an mm-hmm. afterlife of which there is. Like, God, well, then what does that look like? We're just all trapped in this liminal space. We could never leave. We're yeah. just watching through right. the vapor, no one's in screaming. Charge. Also, like, yeah. you just, you can't really, like, a la carte the spiritual realm. Like, either you believe in it fully or you do, or you don't. 
you know, I guess people have been trying to do a la carte select of the spiritual world for all of human history. And that's why we yeah. have so many different religions. I guess you that have to pick and choose. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, but I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, and before we get started, we always like to have Allison guess the twist. What do you think the twist will be in Child's Play, Allison? Guess the twist. I mean, now that you have mentioned souls being inanimate objects, I have to imagine that maybe it's like a murderer's soul took over this doll. Great. Love it. But that's why it's evil. And I'll 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 do you one better and I'll, I'll push you a little further and say, okay. how did he achieve that? How did he do that? Oh, I mean, what this means. was in the 80s. So I have to believe like a lightning struck when he was in like near a toy store and died and like that like it you know how like I don't know there was I feel like a lot of like movies of like the 80s and 90s it was like a lot of coincidental like all these things happened and thus it was fine like yeah there were a lot of like body switch movies or mm -hmm. big where it's like I don't know I guess a fortune teller looked at him and then I don't know you know it's like we were just on board you know and I think the lightning thing makes a lot of sense Uh, so let us begin by ruining child's play We open on police chasing a murderer known as the um, Southside Strangler, also known as Charles Lee Ray because he's a serial killer. So he has to have three names. Of course. Played by Brad Dourif. And he's being pursued by Detective Mike Norris through the streets of Chicago. And suddenly Charles' accomplice Eddie Caputo peels away in their getaway car. And also, let me just say, there is nothing more terrifying to me than the idea of a serial killer with a partner. I hate it. Oh, I don't like it at all. I don't like because it, it at all. Because it has happened. There are serial killers who occasionally, yeah. you know, double team their insanity or they're on board, you know. Mm-hmm. Someone has a bad idea, the other person yes ands it. So the yes. idea that this is this person is a known as a strangler and they have yeah. somebody who's willing to drive their getaway car, that sucks. Yes, yeah. The conspiratorial element of it is what is so off-putting. Because, like, you would hope that anybody who was like, I'm going to kill a lot of people, like, that if yeah. that that was on the table in front of somebody else, they'd be like, no. But somebody's saying, yes. I was like, yeah, sure. I was gonna, we were going to rob a bunch of banks. We were going to, like, right. you know, maybe shoot people that kill. But we're not going to strangle them. We're not yes. serial killers. And 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 the, the more dominant one sort of pushes them along that path. In his effort to get away, Charles breaks into a Playland toy store and Norris okay. shoots him. And Charles is slowly bleeding to death on the floor. However... Before Charles Lee Ray dies, he grabs a good guy doll, which uh, rumor has it, and if you look at what they look like, it seems pretty clear. It's a parody of a Hasbro My Buddy doll, which is sort of like an interesting thing because it's sort of like a doll for boys. Yes. Like very explicitly like a doll for boys. And so in this movie, it's a good guy doll. Of course, they have the little overalls, a little striped shirt, and the Mm -hmm. red hair. And Allison, he performs a voodoo ritual. Sure. What? Putting his immortal spirit into the doll before his corporeal form dies. And the only English uh, line that I pulled out of it was, Give me the power I beg of you! And then the rest is in French, which implies this is like Louisiana, you know, sort of like a Creole. Mm, Creole, yeah, 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 yeah. A a version of a Haitian voodoo spell. Which is already a lot, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. however, and, and as he dies, Charles yells at Norris, I'm going to get you, and I'm going to get Eddie, 
no matter what. And the force of him doing this spell causes lightning to strike <gasps> the store, which then fucking explodes into flames. Oh, my God. And it blows out the windows. It sends Norris flying, but Detective Norris survives, which, iconic, that's the way you start, you start a fucking horror movie, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. However. Yeah. A chase, lightning, a fire, like, a, a spell. Like, we're, we're I'm in. Exactly. However, we see Charles Ray's body. He has died. And the doll lies next to him. We soon find ourselves in the extremely normal Chicago apartment of Andy and his single mom, Karen. Who plays Karen? Karen is played by... She's so familiar, and I, like, could not put my finger on who she was. And, of course, I did not. It is Katherine Hicks. Okay. Um, let's see. What else has she been? Oh, Seventh Heaven. She's a mom in Seventh yes, Heaven. That's I feel like who... that's for us. Yep. Yeah. Yep, Our touchstone. She's Our touchstone. absolutely phenomenal in this. As a mother whose child is uh, terrorized by an animate doll. Yeah, she's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Seventh Heaven. Andy is obsessed. He's watching the Good Guy animated show. He's wearing Good Guy pajamas with, like, connected feeties. He's eating oh. Good Guy cereal. And it is his birthday. So even though it is 6.30 in the morning, in order to, like, butter his mom up to, like, force her to get up, he's making her, like, a sloppy kid's breakfast. And again, oh, yeah. I'm very terrible at ages but I'm going to go ahead and say five or six. Like, he is little compared to Brahms, where the, right. the son was, like, nine, ten. Like, someone you think could leave home yeah. for a little bit if you had to, if there was an emergency. Andy is a genuine little child. Like, he is not old He's enough to necessarily kid. know what's, what, whether adult, what adults should be doing and what shouldn't be doing, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So he brings, like, his sloppy uh, breakfast in bed, which is also a very 80s and 90s thing, like the idea of breakfast in bed. But mm -hmm. he's, like, because he's a child, he's made, like, burnt toast with butter on it and cereal. He's, like, slapping it all over, and he runs to his mom's room. And his, and his mother's like, dear God, I have a single Ugh. mother, please. Like, I just want to sleep. But it's Andy's birthday. So, and Andy has clocked that there's a wrapped package that is the shape and size of the good guy doll, mm -hmm. which is like the iconic gift that every kid is crazy about, you know, this time of year. And he he's looking at this thinking, I'm finally going to get my good guy doll. I'm obsessed. Yes. However, unfortunately, Karen's like, all right, let's get up. It's your birthday. And you can open it. And he opens it. And Allison, it's just a bunch of clothes that he really did need because he grew, grew, was growing out of his other clothes. Oh, the, no. the look of absolute despair and sadness on this poor kid's, where she's like, you really need these pants because you're, you've grown out of all your other clothes. Also, like, remember how disappointing clothes were as a gift as a child? I would be so upset when, like, it would, Hanukkah would come around and I'd be like, it's a sweater. And, like, now I'm just yeah. like, I would like a sweater. Somebody buy me a sweater. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Like now, like all I want I like, is clothes. I can't imagine I the thing want, I want that's not clothes. Absolutely. I was like, all I want are socks and new underwear. Like to yes. get a fresh pair of socks, it's real me. And that's how we know that we're old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is, and that's the difference between an adult and a child as they're opening gifts. Yes. We hear on the news um, that the, oh, I'm so sorry. He's the Lakeshore Strangler, not the Southside okay. Strangler. The Lakeshore Strangler, Charles Lee Ray, has been gunned down police, by police. And Karen's like, oh, well, you know, I know you really wanted a good guy doll, but I didn't, wasn't able to save up enough in time for your birthday. Aww. But I did give you this other gift, and it's a good guy tool set. And Andy's like, well, I, I want to have a good guy that, to play with the tool set with. And you're like, oh, God, Aww. capitalism crushing this little kid's Devastating. Heart. 
However, the next day, Allison, Karen is working at a department store, and her friend Maggie Peterson runs in, and she's like, there's a guy with a good guy doll in the alley, and he's selling it out of his trunk. And Karen's like, well, how does he have one? And Maggie's like, shut up and bring your wallet. Yeah. Obviously, it's stolen <laughs> if yes. it's real. It, it might be counterfeit, but, like, obviously, it's stolen. Right. And so— do they run back and is it just some guy who has it like in like a granny card under a blanket? And is it obviously like he stole it? Yes. However, Karen is thrilled. She buys right. it. Who cares? And runs back in. And as she runs back in, she gets chewed out by her boss, Mr. Criswell. And she's and he's like, you're not supposed to be taking a break. And also your coworker who's supposed to do the evening shift called out. So you have to, you could leave to pick up your son, but you have to be here until we close. Mm. And she's like, it's my son's birthday. Like, can I, like, like Ugh. please don't make me do this. Like, I have to watch him. And Maggie's like, I'll, don't worry. Like, we'll go home. We'll you know, celebrate with him. Give him the doll. And then I'll watch him for the evening. And Mr. Criswell is like, I've been, if, if anyone has wants to have, feel like a thrill of happiness in their heart, go to Reddit at r slash anti-work. And it's just people, like, quitting. <laughs> I'm sure half of them are fake. But it's people who are, like, treated badly by their managers and then quit. So it's like just text threads being like, I won't be doing that. I'm going to. Oh, quit. yes, yes, yes. Delightful. And that's what I wanted for Karen. But, you know, it was different times. And yes. um, so she's able to go home, pick up um, Andy from school, and they have a moment. And she's able to give him the doll. And he rips it open. And and Karen's very relieved because the doll actually works and talks and everything. And his name, Allison, he tells Andy, is Chucky. Mm-hmm. So Karen goes back to work. Maggie, you know, goes to town on Andy's birthday cake, and Andy's playing with Chucky in his toy set, and he's just so happy. On the news, we hear a breaking news story revealing that Charles Lee Ray's accomplice, Eddie Caputo, the guy who was driving the getaway car, has escaped prison. And Chucky the doll overhears it, and we know it because he turns his head to look at the— He overhears it, and he turns to look at the TV, Mm -mm. and it says, to learn more, turn into the 9 o'clock news. But, of course, that's past Andy's uh, bedtime. So Andy tells Maggie, Chucky wants to watch the 9 o'clock news. And she's like, okay, well, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So she puts him to bed. Mm-hmm. When she returns to the living room, in a very Brahms-like move, Maggie finds that the TV has been turned on to the 9 o'clock news. Mm-mm. And she kind of angrily shuts it off. And assuming Andy, of course, had gotten out of bed and put Chucky in front of it. And she goes to me like, Andy, I told you you have to go to sleep. He fervently denies it. But eventually he relents and he whispers to Chucky as Maggie like tucks them both in. I told you she'd be mad at you if you watched the news. I have a question. Lean on. Are we believing is like is Chucky speaking to him or is this happening kind of telepathically? Their we communication. Do not hear or we don't. It. Okay. Um, but it is a. Um, we will eventually hear it. He is legitimately talking to him, but in a little doll's voice. So it sounds oh, okay, like one of those, like, Adults I'm please. Chucky, play with me. Right. So, like, when he's talking to Andy, there's nothing about it as of yet that is upsetting to Andy. Okay. Um, that evening, Maggie um, goes around the apartment. She's closing all the windows, and it's a cold. And we see Andy's door open, and we hear little feet running. A little pattering, like... like a little pitter-patter. We don't see who it is. Great. We hear little tiny feet. Mm. And Maggie assumes, okay, this little jerk is up. He's all hopped up on cake, you know. And she's looking right. through the apartment being like, Andy, I told you you have to go sleep. Go to sleep. She goes to Andy's room. He's still asleep. She's like, well, that's, uh, that's alarming. As she's looking around the apartment, she sees a flower container overturned on the counter. Mm-hmm. And is like suddenly shocked when the phone rings. And 
you know, it's Karen just checking in. Foolishly, Maggie tells Karen, I'm fine, everything's fine, and hangs up. And as she's standing there in the kitchen, being like, oh, I'm being ridiculous. I'm going to scare myself half to death. She turns around, yep. and the hammer from Andy's toy set <gasps> is suddenly buried in Maggie's eye. Oh, my she God. She screams, and Maggie stumbles backwards, <gasps> falling through the window, which explodes, which seems like they, they that's on them. That's on the yeah. building. You should that's be able to bet, put yes. some weight on it. Yes, you need she to be falls, able to break a window. She plummets to her death, lands on a car, and is dead. We do not see who bashed Maggie in the face. Again, we know, we saw the trailer. We know who it's going to be. We know who it is. But there is some stuff at the beginning where it's sort of like, oh, did Andy do it? Andy's been nothing but chill this whole time. We know it's yeah. not Andy. By the time Karen gets home, which she has to take the bus, it's freezing cold in Chicago. Police is surrounded the building. She runs inside. She's panicking to find the police watching Andy. And the, one of the officers watching him is Detective Mike Norris. Norris pulls Karen aside and informs her Maggie is dead. And, of course, Karen is horrified. And Norris asks Maggie, do you know what these are? And we see this footprints in the in the flower. And oh Maggie immediately is like, well, what are you implying? Because she knows what they're implying. Your son right. did this. Yes. Which is, like, a truly insane leap. Because even if he did, he needs psychological help. He's not like he's 17 or something. And it's like, right. okay, he's almost an adult. He's six. He's six. Like, if he accidentally tripped her or pushed her, like— the idea that we immediately right. leap to a child that young is a murderer. Is a murderer. Is like, like a cold-blooded murderer. Like, is this what the 80s and 90s were before we, like, understood mm-hmm. reality, you know? Even just, like, the physics of it. Like, he's so little, yeah. like, to, like, push a woman out of what, like, to, yeah. It just, it, it doesn't add up for me. Absolutely. And also, if he did push her, that's not murder. He's not no. young enough to know what murder or death or killing someone is. No. Like, yeah. it would be an accident, like you said. So Andy goes to bed after all this hubbub, and once inside, he sees flour on the soles of Chucky's shoes. And he runs out to tell Norris and Karen. But Karen's like, go to bed. You know, the police are just dealing with this. Like, it's not for kids to know about. And Norris tells his partner Santos to test the toy hammer. And Santos like, you're kidding me. That can't possibly be the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. However, we also see on the soles of Andy's feety pajamas— there is, it's the same imprint as the sole of Chucky's shoes because it's the um, good guy logo, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So, again, it's evidence like it could have been Andy, which to be like this child inadvertently caused someone's ac- accidental fall is very different than this child is a serial killer, but in this movie, yes. they are the same thing. Of course. Of course. Um, so, as they get ready for bed, Karen can hear Andy talking to Chucky in his room, and Karen kind of interrupts him. And is like, well, what, did, what do you say to Chucky, and then what does he say to you? Andy tells his mother, Chucky's real name is Charles Lee Ray, and he says he was sent down from heaven by daddy. That's when we find out his father is dead. Dead, okay. And Chucky says, Maggie was a real bitch and got what she deserved. <laughs> and Karen's like, oh, my God, that's horrible, and Chucky didn't say that. And she says to Andy, okay, but you don't really think Chucky is alive, do you? And Andy says, oh, but he is. Allison, I got to ask you at this point in the movie, what would you do? What would you do? I mean, I would take my son and the doll to a child psychologist. Like, Mm -hmm. let's start, like, unpacking, like, where he's getting all of this from. And if we can't land on something beyond the doll, like, the doll is going away. Like, we're destroying the doll. 
Yes, I immediately like, am like, let's put the doll in a closet. You know, we've yeah. been through a lot. You know, I guess I'd be like, let's get away. But like, she can't get away. She has to take every shift. Right. Again, capitalism. Capitalism. In the morning, Karen takes Andy to school and he takes Chucky with him, which again, no no school would allow. But in this movie, okay. Right. Allison, as soon as all the kids are in school, Andy leaves the building with Chucky in tow. No. And he heads to the L train oh and takes God. it into the city. And I will say, as somebody who's been to Chicago many times, the train there is so well thought out that a literal child could figure yes. it out. Yes, it is much more sensical and easy to understand than any other public transit system in this country. So um, Andy and Chucky make their way under a bridge. It's also freezing cold, like it's snowy. Right. Like he has a, it's during the day, but he has like a parka on or a snowsuit. And they go under a bridge. There's all these people like, uh, you know, under a bridge. Uh, warming their hands on a garbage can fire. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's wandering around like broken cars and everything until they come to what seems like an abandoned building and inside Allison, it is Eddie Caputo's hideout. <gasps> Andy, again, because of the innocence of a child, puts Chucky right. down to go pee behind some broken cars. Cool. And Chucky, Good for a six-year-old. We don't see this, but we see the camera zoom close to the ground. So we are running from Chucky's POV. Mm-hmm. And we see him run into the building. Inside, Eddie is snoozing away, and he wakes up with a jolt when he hears somebody enter the building. Mm-hmm. But what he doesn't hear is a little hand open the oven— and blow out the pilot light oh before God. turning on a burner, f- therefore slowly filling the building with gas. No. The fact that we have ovens in our apartments and buildings with it that use gas is insane. Like, I know. You think I there'd think, be more buildings that blow up. I think about this a lot. Now, do you have a gas oven? No, we have an electric oven right now, but our last place had a gas oven. And I will say, and this is true. So uh, this is years ago. Um, this is, I mean, this is not flattering to me, but like, my anxiety, I have ex- terrible anxiety sometimes. And so I was going through a real OCD. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, like, having to check uh, the oven, um, you know, like the gas uh, yes. control, like, over and over and over again before I could leave the house. Like, taking I, photos of it, which is mm-hmm. a great idea if you have this. Oh, but being that's great. so paranoid mm-hmm. about the oven, you know. So I had to go to work. I was working on a, um, you know, TV set in Queens, and I was so paranoid because I've been using the oven the night before. I was like, what if I left the oven on? I know. Oh. That was the day, Allison, uh, all of a sudden, all this news started to come on Twitter and, like, the news that a building had blown up because <gasps> of a gas explosion. And my first thought was, it was my apartment was building and I did it. Yep. It was me. I knew it. And it wasn't. It was the building on 2nd Avenue in New York, oh, which was yes. incredibly tragic. And that yes. was, like, somebody was trying to— um, scam the gas company and sort of, mm-hmm. like, we're removing tubes and pipes and, and doing a bunch of bullshit that's incredibly yeah. dangerous. Yes, yes, But yes. I will remember that, that day because I was just like, well, I guess yeah. it's all come true. I know. It is it is hard to, like, it is one of the scarier things to have a gas uh, oven and stove and to, like, every time I leave, I'm, like, off, 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 like, just, like, yes. touching everything in a psychotic way. But I don't know you, another you know, way to be. safe than sorry. Is yes, what I exactly. Think. Um, so... Unfortunately, Eddie wakes up with a start, and he's sort of going through this abandoned house, like looking around, like who's in my hideout? And he hears Andy calling for Chucky and sort of searching around the building, um, you know. And Eddie's wielding a gun, but luckily he stops himself. He's like, "Oh, I'm just a kid." And finally, he hears someone in the kitchen, and he whips around the door frame and he points his gun and he shoots into the kitchen, Allison, 
The building fucking of explodes. Of course. And by the grace of God, Andy is far enough away where it doesn't kill him, right? <sighs> Cut to Karen frantically arriving at the precinct after Norris wow. has called her. And did not even tell her why, which I guess, like, yeah, maybe wait till, like, yeah, she's there, there or something. Person. And Santos is interviewing Andy. And when they're alone, Karen goes to Andy and says, no one believes you about Chucky. You have to tell the truth or they're going to take you away from me. So the implication is, Allison, that not only are they blaming this kid for murdering Maggie, which, again, didn't happen and couldn't happen. No, right. They are blaming it for somehow blowing up an blowing abandoned up building. building and killing a person inside. They, he's too little. He couldn't do it. It's not possible. He couldn't do it. I just don't. Yeah. It's like every, I mean, but it's frustrating in a way where I'm like, I guess that if this was the Chicago police in the 80s, they might try to bla- do this so they don't have right. to do like more paperwork, you know? Yeah, like they just want to find a solution, even if it's yeah. a nonsensical, terrible, harmful one. <laughs> so finally, Andy is like starting to turn on Chucky and he goes to Chucky, who's obviously in the room and he's punching him and he's like, Shaking him and kicking his doll ass and being like, why did you lie to me? Like, you, you know, why did you do all that stuff? I'm getting blamed for it, you know. And Karen and Annie are joined by Dr. Ardmore from the county. And he says, hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and just take Andy. You know, we're going to take him overnight. Make sure. Check up on him. It seems like he's killed a lot of people, blown up a lot of buildings, you know. And so Karen has to go home alone with Chucky. And it's sort of, like, no. tormented, like, what's going on? Like, this, literally, if this happened, started, like, less than 48 hours before, you know? Right. Like, this is a 24-hour, my son is being, like, accused of being, like, a child, like, serial killer or something. It would also be hard not to be, like, what has changed in the last 48 hours that, and it's, like, yes. the doll has come into our life. Like, that, it, like, at a certain point, like, that would be, like, logically, hopefully you would get there and be, like, this doll is mm-hmm. a problem. So finally, Karen is like turns on Chucky and uh, it starts screaming at him like, this is because of you. You did something, you little bastard. But of course, then she stops herself and she's like, I'm being ridiculous. And Chucky says in this little robot doll voice, I love getting hugs. You know, like he will talk, but he only says like the the, the appropriate doll things. Yeah. Allison, Karen goes to throw out the good guy box and what falls out of it but two batteries. Chucky does not have batteries in him. So how is he able to talk? I don't like that. And this is the first time Karen's like, oh shit. And she goes and she like checks his compartment. And as she's checking, it is battery free this Mm -hmm. whole time. Chucky's head spins around and he yells, hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? And it's still in a little kid voice, but it's got a little more flavor to it. Yeah. And so Karen drops him and screams, but then he doesn't move. He seems like a doll again. So she's like, you know what, fuck this. It does the thing that you want in every evil toy uh, story. She picks him up and goes to the fireplace and lights a fire. And she's about to throw him in. And suddenly Chucky comes alive and he screams, You stupid bitch, you filthy slut! Did you fuck with me? And he starts biting the shit out of her. Like biting her hands. So of course Karen screams and drops yes. him. And Chucky, even though he is small, he's quick on his feet. He's able to get out of the apartment and into the elevator. (gasps) And it's one of these elevators. Did you ever see Gary Marshall's um, modern classic New Year's Eve where Ashton Kutcher and Leah Michelle get stuck in an elevator and fall in love? I did not, but I'm familiar with the style of elevator. Right. And it is a terrible film. Right. So the elevator sort of like goes down like 
it's like an old timey elevator. Yeah. So like she's trying to run down the stairs and she can see the elevator descending down the center yes. of the building. And she's like trying to run and she's not able to make it. And she gets to the elevator right when it gets to the first floor, but he's able to escape anyways. And Karen's like, no, no. So she runs back to the police station. And unfortunately Smart. has to have that moment in, in most horror movies where it's like, and he's telling the truth. Chucky is alive and he did kill Maggie and Eddie Caputo. And Norris is like, oh boy, being a cop. Um, no, I'm pretty sure your son did it, you know. Yeah. And he, he's trying to tell him like the tiny bite mark on his on her arm. And he's like, oh, that could have been your kid, you know. What? And no. Karen says, well, fine. If you're going to ignore me, then fuck you. I'm going to go find the peddler that sold him to me and find out where he got that goddamn doll. Karen That's is smart. not taking a sitting down. No. She should be a detective. And Detective Norris is like, oh, my God. Like, I have to deal with this now. Karen wanders around and eventually finds the peddler. But he then propositions her in order to be like, oh, if you want information on the doll, you got to, like, suck my dick or whatever. Oh, God. And Karen's like, yeah, no, I think I'm going to pass on that. And he straight up grabs her and starts attacking her. But luckily, Detective Norris... Realize he can't be responsible for another bad decision that day. So he shows up and he he breaks up the fight and he demands the peddler talk to him. And the peddler tells him, I got that thing at the Playland Toy Story after the fire. And fast for the first time where Norris is like, uh-oh, the fire, where that serial hmm. killer died while doing that voodoo hmm. um, spell. Huh? And Karen, he didn't say that out loud, but we know. And yeah. Karen sees Norris sort of have this reaction like, oh, Playland, oh shit. And she demands he explain, and Nora says, well, the Lakeshore Strangler died there that night. The, the, uh, the Lakeshore Strangler died there on the night that the building was struck by lightning and caused a huge fire. And I know this because I was the one who killed Charles D. Ray right before the fire started. Right. And also, if you remember, he threatened to kill both Eddie Caputo, who was dead, and Detective Norris. Right. Norris still is not believing Karen. Like, Karen has seen, like, Chucky alive. Like, she's on board. Yes. Norris still hasn't. So he's like, this, you know, maybe this is like a group psychosis. Like, maybe you knew him or you're having some sort of grief. Like, who knows, you know? But he's very sympathetic. And, and you know, Karen says, I know that Chucky is Charles Lee Ray. And now I just need to find out how he got to the doll. Which, again, is so much more than I would be able to do. Like, if this was me, I would just be screaming and crying. Like, I would be... It, in a what corner. The, what's the plan? With a blanket over me, just like rocking back and forth, screaming. And people would be like, what are we going to do? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I truly have no idea. I also don't know that I would like care how it got in. I would just be like, how do we destroy it so that it's gone for it? Like, yeah. And, and, and like to your set point, it on fire you, and then throw it into the river or something. Yeah. And even if you can't separate the serial killer's soul from the doll, then, like, where, where, is he, where is he? Like, how do you track him down? Right. Norris tells Karen um, Charles Lee Ray's address, and Karen's like, let's go there right now and figure it out, you know? And All he's right. like, no, we can't do that. I can't take you there. And she's, she's the one who points out, he killed Eddie. Do you really not think that he's not going to come kill you? And he's like, no, I can't believe it, all this bullshit. But he's not going to give up, so he drops off Karen, and he goes back to the station, he pulls Charlie, Charles Lee Ray's file, and he's driving through the night, and he's having this detective like, ah, oh, what am I going to do? What is the truth? What is right and wrong? Unfortunately, Allison, as he's driving, mm. Chucky pops up in the backseat and throws a jumper cable around <gasps> Norris's neck and starts choking him out and yells, good night, asshole. <laughs> Luckily, I like all the swearing. That's fun. 
Yeah, luckily Norris is a smoker and he's able to burn Chucky with a cigarette lighter. But then Perfect. Chucky, well, he came prepared, he starts stabbing a gigantic knife through the seat, like jabbing into Norris's oh. back. And meanwhile, Norris is still driving. And at first I was like, oh, we're doing that thing in movies where there's no reason, like in reality, you would just hit the brakes immediately. However, right. not only has Chucky tampered with the brakes. He's punching out his little fist on the gas, Allison. So the car's going faster and faster. And Norris is frantically trying to get away or trying to get the car to stop and the brakes have been cut. And so finally his car hits the curb and he flips completely over. Oh my God. So now he is alive, but he is trapped in an upside down car. Yes. And Chucky is still alive and he has still got that knife. So he is trying to fend Aye. off this knife-wielding doll while trapped upside down in a car. And finally, he's able to get his hands on his gun. And he's able to get a shot off, but Chucky laughs, Good luck, Mikey. You can't hurt me. However, he is always paid in the car. He's able to shoot Chucky in the arm as he attacks him. And it does hurt Chucky, and it sends Chucky scampering into the night. So Detective Norris is barely able to survive his encounter. And luckily, he's now on board. He's seen it. He can be injured. Like, I have some questions about, like, his physicality and corporeal nature. Like, yes. And we're we're about to get into that and where we are. Because it's, like, very, very curious as to how, like, what does an injury mean on a doll? And like, what, how to hit, like, it's like, it seems like he has all of the like doll movements. Like he, his head yes. can spin all the way around, but it's like, well, then why are his hands functional? Absolutely. Anyway, um, Karen, Karen, meanwhile, has gone over to Charles Lee Ray's old place. And Karen finds all sort of nude voodoo murals. Oh. You know, like you paint. And I was like, does this yeah. guy own? Because I mean, if you move out, you're going to have to paint that back. I mean, Nothing is more of a hassle. And he's sort of, like, pulled, like, in these murals, he's like, Charles Lee Ray is totally nude. He's slicing his arms. He's bleeding. He's summoning a dark spirit. He's, you know, he's, um, we see the words, oh, thank you, mighty Dumbledore off for life after death. And a figure who is credited on Amazon as Dr. Death, oh. a black man in a voodoo priest outfit. Great. Charles, in a mural, is crouched in front of him, worshiping him nude. Which, again, I do love as a way in a horror movie to be like, well, we don't want to find, like, a letter. And we don't want to have to find, like, a book. Yes. What if he has these big, nude murder murals on his wall, much like in Candyman? That is much more fun. Absolutely. And so so Karen is suddenly startled. Somebody approaches her from behind. Thank God it's just Norris. And he's like, all right, Chucky's real. We get that. (laughs) <laughs> and that person, the man in the voodoo priest outfit, his I saw his name in uh, Charles Lee Ray's file. His name is John Elsa Bishop, or Dr. Death. And we have to find him before Chucky does, or God knows what will happen. Allison, oh my. Oh my at this point in the film, who will survive? Who will survive? Well, I hope, and now I've forgotten everybody's name, um... The little boy survives. Okay. Uh, Andy. Andy. That's what it is. And what do we think about Karen, his mama, mama? His mama. I think Andy and Karen survive and the detective dies. Okay. Great. And then finally, Chucky. Well, it's complicated because I know there are sequels. Mm-hmm. But that's true. it seems in the sequels that his head is stitched back together, or at least that's something that I vaguely remember from at least one of them 
posters or trailers that I had seen. So I think maybe he like dies in quotes, but in a way right. that he's reanimated at some point down the line. I think this, these are excellent guesses. <clears throat> Chucky shows up at John Elsa Bishop's house and John is, to say the least, startled to see him. <laughs> and Chucky says, Does he, like, knock no, on the door? Like, what? He appears in his kitchen window. He left oh his God. window open a crack, and, and Chucky let himself in, I guess. This is this is proof that you should keep your doors and windows closed, because you don't need Chucky <laughs> showing up. And then finally, Chucky has dropped his, like, doll voice entirely, mm-hmm. so it's just Brad, Brad Dourif, like, filthy mouth, being like, what do you think, John? Did the gree-gree work? You know, when you taught me all that stuff about beating death, I thought you were pulling my chain, but look at me now. But Chucky asked him, I thought I couldn't be hurt, but I got shot. And not only did it hurt like a bitch, but it bled. Why is that? And John tells him, Okay, great. Because you're turning human. (gasps) And we find out the more time he spends in that body, the more human he becomes. And Chucky, of course, freaks out. And he's like, so I have to spend the rest of my life like this? Like, help me get out of this body. Right. And John says, no. And Chucky's like, oh, why not? Like, there's, you know, like some limitation to it. And John says, because you're an abomination and you must be stopped. You took everything <laughs> I taught you and you used it for evil, which I think is, um, I think, a, a good way to approach this. It's not like if you, I feel like it's like the reputation of voodoo is that it's a, like, you know, it's all about voodoo dolls or like curses yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. But it's for, it's for bad reasons. Right. And I think much like every religion, voodoo's got its, its, its upsides and downsides, you know? And if this was uh, two Christians talking, because we we live in a dominant Christian society, we wouldn't point out like, oh, it seems like you've rationalized doing this stuff in a, in a Christian way right. quite as quickly as we are able to identify this. So I appreciate this, the practice of voodoo being like, you know, I didn't teach you this dump so that you could right. kill a bunch of people, commit crimes, and then put your soul into a doll. Like, right. you will be, you should be stopped. I'm not going to help you do it. And John then, because what do you do? He goes to run to the phone to call the police. I, you know, who else are you going to call in this kind of situation? Right. And Chucky tells him, I thought you might say that, so I made this. And Chucky holds up a voodoo doll of John. <gasps> And he says, you shouldn't tell customers where you hide stuff like this. And he snaps the doll's leg, and John screams as the his leg snaps. Oh, my and God. As Chucky, as Chucky tortures the doll, he demands to know how to get into a human body. And John's like, no, I won't tell you. And finally he tells him, you can enter a body, but the only body you can possess is the body of the one you first revealed yourself to, who is, of course, Andy. <gasps> And Chucky laughs no. and he says, the worst line, I was, he says, looks like I have a date with a six-year-old boy. Okay, Chucky. Calm Ch- down. Chucky. Right. Neither the time nor the place for something like that. That's a terrible line. Right. If we didn't know what a piece of shit this guy was, right. we do now. Also, like, I, I, I could see him being into that. It's, it's phrased terribly, but it's like, oh, you get to, like, have— like, redo life. Like, go back to six, but with adult yeah. brain? I don't know. That has a lot of problems uh, I, associated with it, too. But Yeah, because I feel like, yeah, exactly. I feel like if you have the mind of an adult strangler, mm-hmm, that's you know, a it's like big, but you were a strangler, that's a much different movie. Yeah, that's a very different movie. Um, Chucky runs just as Karen and Detective Norris arrive at John's place, and he's dying, you know, his, mm-hmm. it, totally torn up by the voodoo doll, 
and his dying breath, he tells them they must kill Chucky before he can put his spirit into the boy's body. And Carrie says, well, how do we do that? And Don tells her, his heart is nearly human now and must be through the heart. Meanwhile, okay. over in some sort of prison for children, Andy <gasps> is in his little cell where he's being no. like monitored by Dr. Ardmore and his staff. He looks out the window and he spots Chucky running up an exterior fire escape. So he's like, oh, no. And he calls Dr. Ardmore and he's like, Chucky's coming to kill me. But they all assume that he's mentally ill. They're like, calm down. It's going to be fine. You're safe in your room. No one can get in or out, you know. And Andy's sobbing, you know, which I don't care for in a horror movie. I don't like to see a child cry. I don't like that. And Chucky makes his way inside the building and he steals the security guard's keys. Luckily, when he finally gets into Andy's room, he's searching around for him with a giant knife, I'll mind you. Andy is hiding under his bed, and he's able to bolt out and pass Chucky through the door and it escapes oh, into good. the hallway of the, you know, sanitarium for criminally insane Murderous children or whatever. Ch- children, yeah. And he runs and he hides in an operating room, which also implies, I'm like, an, uh, this place oh. shouldn't have an operating room. Mm-mm. Like, what are Mm-mm. they doing to these kids? Mm-mm. That should not be there. And, and he's hiding from Chucky. Unfortunately, Chucky suddenly lunges on top of Andy, who's able to get a hand on his a scalpel and fight off Chucky, who scampers away. And suddenly the door opens and Dr. Armour is like, oh, great. And he grabs Andy and he forces a scalpel out of his hand. Because he's thinking, great, he broke out. Now he's a scalpel. And he's, God knows what he was going to do with it. And he's like, calm down. I'm going to inject you with a tranquilizer, which you don't want to hear. But again, mm. he doesn't know about Chucky. Right. And unfortunately, Dr. Armour, just as he's about to inject Andy, Chucky stabs Armour with a scalpel. And then he puts on like the electroconvulsive like therapy band, if that's mm-hmm. a thing, yeah. on his head. And electrocutes him to death, blood spraying out of his mouth what? and eyes. Oh, my God. When Karen and Norris arrive at the children's hospital prison for the criminally adorable, Andy and Chucky are both gone. No. And Karen's trying to, like, think of, like, well, the only place if Andy ran out of here, the only place he would go is home. Mm-hmm. Cut to, well, because well, yeah, he's six. Where else is he? Yeah, he, he doesn't know, know other, other places. places yet. Yeah. Homeschool. That's it. Yeah. You know? Only one of those is good. <laughs> Cut to Andy's at home. He's locking the door and he puts furniture against it. You know, he's doing everything you can think of. He's really yeah. capable for a six-year-old. And then we see in the elevator, an elderly couple, they spot Chucky like sitting in a corner pretending to a doll. And they go, ugh, ugly doll. And when they get out, They're we hear wrong. Chucky yell at them, fuck you. <laughs> so inside the apartment, Andy's making a stockpile of weapons, sort of in a, like a home alone way, you know? Yes. So he's got like a baseball bat, a remote controlled car. Suddenly, here's the fireplace screen fall over. So even though he had the door locked, Chucky has crawled in through the chimney. And then they are fucking off. Like, they are running through the apartment. Like, Andy is, like, trying to get away. Chucky. He has the baseball bat. He drops it. And then Chucky clubs him with a baseball bat and knocks Andy unconscious. Oh, no. Norris and Karen are literally, like, minutes away. So they're running up the stairs just as Chucky begins his voodoo chant. And we see above the building the same clouds with lightning gathering that we saw at the beginning. And we hear Chucky say, give me the power I beg of you. Luckily, because they are they have adult bodies, Karen right. and Norris are able to bust through the front door and, and break up his, you know, his ritual. Yeah. Chucky slashes Norris pretty badly with his knife. And Norris is like, get, just get Andy out of here. Get the fuck mm-hmm. out of here. And I'm going to try to take on Chucky. But Chucky... Despite his size, is has is signi- I would say his strength is not proportionate to his little doll body because mm-hmm. he's able to yeah. clobber Norris with a baseball bat. What? 
But and Karen grabs Norris's gun and shoots Chucky, who continues to attack her until Karen is able to throw Chucky into the fireplace, which maybe she should have done originally, but yes, you came yes. alive. This should have happened, As, you know, many scenes ago. And he's screaming, he's rattling the screen, and she can't move to reach the uh, matches because she's holding the fireplace screen so, like, tightly so yeah. Chucky can't escape. So Andy's the one who has to grab the matches, and right as they're, he's about to throw a match into the fireplace, Chucky says, Andy, no, please. We're friends to the end, remember? This is the end, friend. And throws the match in, and Chucky explodes on into flames. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, Good. once Chucky's on fire, like, Karen has to let go of the fire screen because he's on fire and he's, like, pressed up against yeah, yeah, her. Yeah. So she lets go, and a flaming Chucky runs screaming through the apartment until he dies screaming a pile of ash on the carpet. Allison, they are not getting their deposit back. No, I'm sorry. No. I, I looked at them like, I'm like counting bills in my head. Like, well, yeah. okay, they're going to replace the carpet. Okay, well, you have to get a new couch. You know, like, right. right. unfortunately, the renters lament. Meanwhile, Norris comes to, and Karen sends Andy to go get the first kid to help Norris. Only for Andy to see when he's going through the living room to the kitchen mm-hmm. that Chucky's body is gone. <gasps> and as he's running back to his mom, a charred, burnt Chucky trips him and then advances on Andy, who runs to the bedroom screaming. How? He and Karen are able to shut the door and lock it. They're trying to fight him off. And Chucky's screaming, Give me the boy and I'll let you live. And the one nice thing is, at no point do you think he will. You know what I mean? Like, you know right. he's not going to. Right. And luckily they had, again, the renter's dream. This is the renter's nightmare. There's a connected bathroom. So they run in there oh. and there's a different door, which is great. It's great normally. It's bad when a doll's trying to kill you and your son. Right. And he's able to finally burst into the bedroom. And Karen and Andy have to run to the living room. And Karen is shooting Chucky over and over again with Norris's gun. His head flies off his body and his arm flies off his body until finally his body stops advancing on them. And she's just shooting his writhing, headless torso until he stops moving. Okay. The heart. Suddenly, Detective Santos arrives, and he calls her back up. And Norris, who's, like, injured but conscious, tells him, the kid was right all along. The doll's alive. Don't believe me? Go look at him, but don't touch it. And so Santos goes to examine Chucky's head, and he picks it up, and it doesn't move or anything. He's laughing, and he's like, oh, we are, it's just a doll. We're supposed to be afraid of this. And he holds it up as he walks into the bedroom. And as he laughs, Chucky's still animate body explodes out of the air deck and starts choking him out. I don't even understand the rules anymore, you know? Um, yes, I guess we're to think, well, we'll get to it in one second. Yeah. Santos throws him across the room as Chucky's head screaming to his body, kill them all, kill them all. And finally, Karen remembers, oh, right. She screams, shoot him in the heart. And as Chucky howls, Norris's bullets rip through his little doll body. Good. And Chucky says, hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? And then his voice sort of turns back into the original doll body and then dies. And Norris says to Santos, you believe me now? And Norris replies, yeah, but who's going to believe me? And our last shot is Andy looking back at Chucky's dead body as his mom drags him out of the room and we hear the cops arrive. Allison, what are some fatal mistakes wow. that people may have made in the original Child's Play movie? 
mistakes. I mean, I guess, like, you shouldn't buy a rogue doll from a peddler. Okay. You don't know where it came from. Um, I think also Great. not just immediately destroying the doll once things started getting weird. And I guess like, she did. She was about to burn it, and he came right. to life, and that would be right. very that's startling. true. I think we could agree with that on that for sure. That's true. Um, yeah. Beyond that, like it is hard to get, and I guess not like going for the heart sooner when we. But I don't know that everybody knew that. Um, no, they didn't know until they saw that John guy. Right. So, um, so like the fi- like even after he had burned in the fire, I would have still shot him in the heart. <laughs> Well, and they did eventually. Yeah. But I think, but again, like immediately, the whole thing it's was, like the charred yes. body. I'd be like, let's fill this thing with bullets and just know for a fact that we're done with it. Yeah. There's a little more hullabaloo than we needed, considering yes. a dying man had just told us. Um, yes. You know, and again, this is a common refrain, but there is something where it's like the only person of color in the movie is a black man who mm. gives them the information they need mm-hmm. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to save a child, and then t- immediately dies. Yes. It's like, I would have liked a little bit more for that character. I mean, we see yes, a couple times, too. you know, like he, he gets a sad card or whatever from it. Um, and then I want to do a little segment um, mm-hmm. called um, Hi, I'm Chucky, Want to Play, where, Allison, my question to you is, if your soul had to go into a doll from your childhood, what would it be? So, okay. Were you a fan of or aware of Jem and the Holograms? I was aware of them, but I was not a fan. Not not because of, oh. for any particular reason. Well, sure. Yeah, it's like we barely got to pick what we want. Like, as a child, it's like whatever you get to watch is what you like. <laughs> yes. But I, w- I am aware of Jem. I, in retrospect, I don't know why I wasn't watching it. I'll be, I guess I have two it's younger brothers, so you. I would end up watching, like, what they were watching. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I was sense. outvoted a-, a lot of the yes. time. As an only child, it was like, if there was kids programming to be watched, like, it was my choice. Um, Gem is amazing. Very you. It's like, the music is great. The colors are all the 80s. But they made um, kind of, like, Barbie-esque dolls of Gem and the Holograms and their, you know, and their, like, rival band, the Misfits. Um, But they were all, okay, they were great. And they're very, very similar to Barbie in the way that they were manufactured and assembled hair, outfits, like the whole thing. But they were like 15% larger than Barbies. (laughs) Okay. So like you couldn't wear the same, they couldn't wear Barbie clothes. And like, they were just like, if you were playing with like Barbie and Jem, like there was just like a, it's like one looked older and like just bigger. And like, I very much felt that doll because as a child who was taller um, earlier, I was like, oh, like, this is me and then my friend. <laughs> like, this is, like, us hanging out. <laughs> These really size funny. differences. Um, and they had really large feet for their high heels. So, like, I also, as somebody who has a size 10 foot, really, really connected to that doll early on. Um, so, I think I would inhabit um, one of the gem and the holograms. Uh, gem, probably, you know, gem and Jerrica are the same. But, you know, there's a lot of, there they were very, you know, diverse and they had cool outfits and they were musical. Right. So they had musical stuff. And I just think that, you know, I would understand how to be them in those bodies. Cause I've, I've really felt that in my own physical body. No, I love that. I, I feel like for me, I had a couple select Care Bears, mm-hmm. the dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think I would go, there was a, a purple raccoon with a light bulb on its belly. And oh, I sure. cannot, 
I couldn't tell you the name of it. Um, and there was also a green bear with a shamrock. And as someone who was oh, yes. a, a, in part Irish. Good luck bear. Um, a good luck bear. And I feel like they are genuinely cute. So it's like if I have mm-hmm. to be in a, a toy, I do like the idea of being in a body. Oh, it's Bright Heart Raccoon. Iconic. Oh, sure. Of course. I like being in a body that people would actually want to be around. Where, as we said, with Chucky and Annabelle, you know, or Brahms even, you know. Yeah. Um, If you're a terrifying doll, people are going to pick up on it. You know, like people are going to say, just whether they're evil or not, we don't want to have this sitting around. Yes. And I'm going Care Bear every time. Oh, yeah. Love a Care Bear. Um, And then finally, where would you rate Child's Play on our spooky scale, which is, of Mm -hmm. course, a scale of 1 to 10 screams, based on the spookiness of a movie, not whether or not we thought the movie was good and enjoyed it, which, of course, I absolutely did. Yes, not about quality. It is about spookiness. A spooky scale. I think that, like, because I've been familiar with this so long, I think it's, like, kind of a a three and a half. You know, I'm familiar with the general doll comes to life. And of all of the dolls that we've seen come to life uh, in the movies that we've talked about, like, Chucky is the least, like, like creepy. Like, yeah. he's, like, he's ugly. And he's, like, obviously, like, sweet. He reminds me of the leprechaun a lot. Okay. So I feel um, like his attitude is the same as leprechaun. Where like, there's a lot of, like, it's, all, yes. it's like, violent, but it's a lot of fun. Yes, I As opposed to, agree. like, Brahms being, like, porcelain, you know? And I think that that is true, uh, like, especially of the later um, parts of the franchise. I think they mm-hmm. lean into the camp, lean into the silliness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you we got to go. There's only so scary a little doll can be mm-hmm. when on some level you could pick it up. You know, you could pick it up and just drop kick it. Yes. Which right, is what exactly. I wish I could do with Chucky. And I absolutely will check out the TV show. I'll just talk about that at some yes. point. Yes. Um, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it a two. All Again, right. really enjoyed the movie. Not scary. Never have never been scared, even as a child watching this. Mm-hmm. I thought it was intriguing, but not scary. Yes. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope yes. you're enjoying Toy Month as much as we are. Yeah. And um, as we just want to remind you, if you leave a five-star review yes. with a creepy story, we will be reading yeah. the creepiest ones on the yes. podcast. And yes. we appreciate any... Spooky reviews, reviews and ratings that you are leaving us. We really yes. appreciate it. And any requests or comments or questions, mm-hmm. uh, please email us at ruined at the radio point.com. We love to hear from you. Yes, we do. And you can follow us everywhere on uh, at Ruin Podcast um, on Instagram and Twitter. We're goofing off on there a lot. So get involved. Hell yeah. Get involved. Um, and, and until then, and even more than that, please, you must. I beg of you, keep, keep it spooky. spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. 